0: Hey, it's Alan Carter. Here's what's on the podcast today. Why is everybody so upset at the count? you want to stop the count? you want to keep the count going? It's all about the count on the podcast today. Also, Camille Karamali joins me to talk about polling in the U.S. election. Did pollsters really get it so wrong? And Farah Nasser joins me to talk about the power of prayer, especially with an Eminem soundtrack. All of that's coming up. Let's get to it. Why is everybody so freaked out about a Sesame Street character? Why is the whole world either going to try and encourage the count or stop the count? (laughs) Yeah, I can't do a count impersonation. That's all over the interwebs. That's That's a joke that's going around on Twitter right now. I just thought I'd share that with you. Because everything in the United States right now as we watch the US election results the presidential election results unfold is all about whether or not you want to stop the count. Stop the count.
1: Stop the count. Stop
0: the count. right there, those are Trump supporters in Michigan in Detroit rallying to have the counting stopped. Michigan has been declared For Joe Biden, the Trump camp is moving in with their lawyers, Say they want a recount, and they want to stop the count. As you heard in the news, you may have heard this morning, that Donald Trump, again, got on the old Twitter machine. We haven't heard from him since that middle-of-the-night press conference where he declared victory. So pretty much, I feel like I already won. I feel like a winner. He got on the old Twitter machine. Block caps. Stop the count. Let's hear those Trump supporters in Michigan again. Okay. You got that? This is where it gets confusing, though. Because let's go to Arizona, where Joe Biden holds a very narrow lead over Donald Trump. And as more ballots are counted, Trump is closing in. Here are the Trump supporters in Arizona. So here you see, we're in support of the count. Three votes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> so, so on the Republican side, you have both stop the count and keep the count going. We are expecting more results from Nevada shortly. Nevada, uh, from Jackson Praska right now. This Jackson was, is our. Um, Washington bureau chief, he just tweeted that the Trump team has just showed up at the vote counting site in Clark County, Nevada, lobbed a bunch of accusations without any proof and refused to take any questions. It was just an incredible press conference. Uh, A couple of Trump spokes People got up there and started talking, making all these accusations. And the reporters said, "What's your name?" They just said, "What's your name?" And and the spokesperson said, "Listen, the media is here to just listen and take down the information and refuse to actually give his name." But it appears still early going; still got a ways to go. But the evidence is showing that Joe Biden is moving closer and closer to the finish line he may not even need Pennsylvania and we may not have a complete result from Pennsylvania until later this week as ah, i'm just looking at these one, numbers here one bat, Pennsylvania two two bats three, <laughs> there's the Benjamin count right spliders, stop the count uh, uh, stop that count what
1: nothing
0: I'm opposed to the count. I'm anti-count is what I am. Here are your Pennsylvania numbers right now. This is the Trump is up by 1.8% with 92% of the vote in. And it just, as I said that to you, as I'm watching the live ticker, it just changed. Biden narrowing the vote count a little bit. It's now 1.8% just as I was speaking to you. So if you're a Republican or your Donald Trump as these votes continue to be counted as the count prevails you might have to resort to prayer here and I just I can't get enough of this here is Trump's spiritual advisor Paula White in a prayer service that she released on YouTube where Miss White beseeches God to support Trump's re-election efforts. And listen here as she prays for angels to help the Republicans in the U.S. election.
2: Strike and 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 strike until you have victory for every enemy that is aligned against you. Let there be that we would strike the ground for you will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear that is
0: Trump's spiritual advisor, Paula White. In a prayer service posted online. And as soon as that went online, you're gonna you're gonna say to yourself, Well what happened next, Alan? Well people listened to that and thought, you know what? That's I like that, but you know what it could use? It could use a beat. <laughs> Uh, that is Trump's spiritual advisor, Paula White, with some help from M&M, and that is all over the internet today. That has gone as a viral video, and if you if you see it, uh, it also comes with a dancing cat, because if you want to make something go viral, you get a cat in there for sure. That's 100%. You just juice that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you, just, you, I, you count the cats is what you do. Can I hit that beat? I want to hit that beat again. Because I enjoy it. (laughs) I hear the sound of victory. And it's funky. Here's what's going on closer to home as we keep our eye on the developing situation south of the border. And we'll keep you up to date if we get any more information over the course of the hour or all day long here on Global News Radio. But the Ontario budget comes down today, and obviously things are a little different because we're in the middle of a pandemic, so we don't have reporters in a lockup like normal. As a former Queen's Park bureau chief, I did a lot of these. i for... Almost a decade, I went every year to the budget lockup, and that's where they kind of take uh, all the reporters. What they do is they take all the journalists, and they take away your phone, which is weird. They take away your phone. They put you in a room, and you you have no Wi-Fi and no access to the outside world. And you're able to read through this document, the budget document. Every time you want to go to the bathroom, you have to pass a phalanx of OPP just checking you. What are you up to? I'm just going to the bathroom, man. Jeez. Uh, And then uh, after hours and hours in this room, then what happens is the finance minister stands up uh, in the house of, uh, in, in the house, in the legislature. And all of a sudden, all the reporters come running out of the room, they grab their phones, and they call the newsrooms, and you file all the stories. And that's why all of a sudden, and it'll be sort of the same thing this afternoon about 4 o'clock, Rod Phillips, the Ontario Finance Minister, is going to stand up, and we're going to get all the details of the Ontario budget. A little different this year, though, because... You know, since you can't have all those people locked up in a room, the reporters are actually at Queen's Park, like Travis Danrage, our Queen's Park bureau chief. He's actually in his office at Queen's Park. He's got his phone and access to the internet, and he actually has a copy of the budget right now. He's actually got the budget right now. If he wanted, he could just go online and just disseminate it all and tell us what's in the budget right now. you got to be kidding me. That's right, Doug. He'd never work again, so he's not going to do that. But anyway, one of the things that we all already know is in the budget is an announcement that the government made in advance of the budget yesterday about rural broadband. And when I say rural broadband, do you just automatically start nodding off? Well, you shouldn't. And here's why. Because in the rural parts of this province, underserved by the Internet, It's a big deal and it's an increasingly big deal in a pandemic world where suddenly we've decided, well, I don't have to live in a 400 square foot apartment downtown because it doesn't matter anymore. All I need is access to the internet and I can get on an old zoom call and I don't have to go into work except for the place I want to go and live off in the boonies, off in the beautiful sticks. You know, I, I don't have the kind of internet that I need. Like, you know, I can't do a PowerPoint presentation while I'm buffering. So the Ontario government announcing in the budget a $680 million investment for broadband and cellular service designed to help people working and doing schooling from home. And that adds to a previous commitment by the government of $315 million. So we're over... Uh, A billion here in terms of actual investment and promise. But here is the thing, folks. I've been doing this for a long time. And I think pretty much every single year, no matter what kind of government, whether it's federal, whether it's provincial, whether liberal or conservative, every single time, you know what they promise? Rural broadband. They trot this pony out year after year, and you're going to hear about it again today. And I would just caution you before you start saying, well, that's great, we're moving to the sticks, honey. The beautiful sticks. Because, yeah, a billion dollars is a lot of money. Great. That's a promise. Is anything actually going to happen? Listen to the Minister of Infrastructure, Lori Scott, when she was asked yesterday, Okay, what are you going to spend the $680 million on? What do you got it earmarked for? Where's it going? What are you doing? What are you up to? Go, Minister.
2: And this is the start of many conversations with not only municipalities, but of course with the telecommunications providers.
0: Oh, well, that's exciting. It's the beginning of a conversation. Uh, that is weak. That's going to take us a while. You know what we might need is we might need some prayer to be able to get some rural broadband. We need some prayer. We need some funky prayer.
1: Hey, 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 yeah! The-
0: Keeping you up to date as more information comes in from the U.S. election, Joe Biden's lead in Nevada has now widened to about 12,000 votes after some newly tabulated votes were reported in Clark County. And that is where some Uh, Trump uh, operatives, perhaps, Trump spokespeople held a press conference uh, a short while ago in which they did not identify themselves, did not even give their own names, made a bunch of accusations, some baseless accusations about voter fraud, and they refused to take questions. So that is what's going on in Nevada, in Arizona. Biden continues to lead there. He has 50.5 percent. Of the vote in Arizona is up by two points with 86% of the vote in and obviously Nevada and Arizona key because if Biden takes both of those states that gets him to 270 and he does not have to worry about Pennsylvania where he is currently trailing. However, more mail-in votes are being counted and it's widely believed that those votes will favor Biden and it's possible that he might in the end win Pennsylvania. All of it, though, raises some pretty serious questions about the polling information that we had going into Election Day, because, for example, Florida was supposed to be in play for the Democrats, and it was a pretty easy pickup for Donald Trump. Same with Texas. Remember all that talk about Texas being pink? It's no longer a red state. It might be leaning blue. Well, 52.2% of the vote went to Donald Trump. And there are many questions about the accuracy of polling in 2020. And this, of course, follows the bit of the disaster that we had in 2016. And our global news reporter, Camille Caramali has been looking into this reporting on uh, the polling story and joins me on the line. Hi, Camille.
1: Hi, Alan. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, I think... We all saw the flurry of headlines coming in the following day talking about what's wrong with pollsters and how the polling got it wrong again and how America and the rest of the world can never trust polling again. A little bit alarmist. Uh, you know, I talked to Daryl Bricker, who we all know quite well. Uh, he's our—he's uh, on the show quite often, a friend of the show, as we call it. Uh, yeah, he's with Ipsos uh, Polling. And, and he said, uh, look, uh, there what he calls the polling in uh, the U.S., he compares it to the Wild West. It's not like what it is in Canada. There are all of these pollsters who kind of just say, yeah, I did the math, I figured it out. And, uh, you know, media outlets pick and choose which pollster to go to. and, And, you know, the ones that sort of have the more I guess uh, extreme views uh, obviously get the most airtime because obviously more people watch when you have something uh, a little bit more, uh, I guess, unorthodox to say. So that's what he says happened with uh, this uh, this election once again. A lot of the media focused on some of the more... Uh, alarmist polling and, and skewed polling but he says if you look at more of the cautious polling uh, a lot of the pollsters did get it right now obviously he, he kind of uh, has a little bit of a bias he's a pollster yeah himself, he's, a, he's, he said, a pollster. He, he's he's gonna a pollster
0: poll. he's going to defend poll he's going to defend polls it, camille
1: exactly he is. exactly and and so you know take it take it uh, for what it's worth but he said there were still a lot of cautious pollsters who who weren't too far off still they got it wrong but they weren't as far off. So he kind of says, look, it, it's it's sort of the way of the United States and how they do polling.
0: But that I, I just don't think that that explains uh, how off some of the polls were on a state level, on a, on a grassroots level. I appreciate, like 538, the polling site, Nate Silver said in advance of the election, listen, there is a chance that Donald Trump can win. It's a, it's a narrow chance, but he outlined that the polling that 538 was publishing did not mean that Trump could not win. But it also showed that on a state level that Biden was doing far better than he ended up doing. And I I think that that is not a good reflection on polling on the grassroots on the local level.
1: Absolutely. And so with everything I just said... He did still say, and, you know, I even interviewed a, a statistics professor for this story, for this television story uh, from University of Toronto. They both said that there were definitely some difficulties with polling related to this election. And, you know, it goes back to the 2016 election where a lot of people lied essentially in uh, those surveys and the phone calls and the digital um, surveys that went out when it came to polling, because a lot of the Trump supporters didn't uh, want other people to know that they were Trump supporters. And this whole
0: shy Trump voter idea.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because I mean, You know, that's what we saw in 2016. Uh, So Bricker and this uh, U of T stats professor, they said, uh, you know, we didn't see it as much this time. But what sort of exacerbated uh, the inaccuracy of the polls was also COVID-19 and the pandemic. What was a big, big question mark was who was going to show up to the polls, and in how many numbers. That was a huge question mark, and they said that they were way off on that front. So uh, when it comes to, you know, um, factoring COVID-19 into polling, they hadn't done that quite yet. They were polling the normal way that was pre-pandemic, and they said that's something that needs to change uh, moving forward in, in, you know, uh, elections, whether it's uh, across the country or uh, for Senate, just any sort of elections, uh, they need to uh, rejig these questions so that they're factoring in the pandemic.
0: Can we talk about bubbles for a second, and not cool NBA bubbles either, but when we look at the strength of the Trump vote, I think that the sense, at least in Canada, because if you look at the polling information, for example, of what Canadians think about Trump and what what Canadians wanted from this, Uh, Election, They're heavily favored, 80% favored Biden. And I think there's a kind of a shock here uh, in Canada and around the world that, holy smokes, man, there is a sizable, sizable support for Donald Trump in the United States.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, uh, so part of the story we worked on was trying to get local reaction. And uh, a lot of people woke up uh, yesterday morning with, A lot of stress a lot of anxiety more than they felt uh, the the night before going to bed because the polls showed uh, for the Biden supporters and and the majority of Canadians are Biden supporters um, it it showed that uh, it would be a pretty easy win for the Democrats and so when they woke up this morning so uh, saw how close the race was I think uh, you know a lot of Torontonians woke up this morning uh, or sorry yesterday morning with just this pit in their stomach um and uh and i think that just continues into today so that's that's the other thing about polling right uh, you kind of if you're a democrat uh, and a biden supporter you kind of get your hopes up going to bed that night, and then nobody likes, you know, getting, uh, you know, finding coal under the Christmas tree rather than a present, right? And, uh, <laughs> and so I think I, I'm I'm already going into the Christmas analogies. Alan. You it's, can't too it's too early. Too early. November. What is it? Fifth? Yeah. No, we're we're going with the Christmas analogies today. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so
0: you know what I, might I help though with uh, your stress <laughs> level, and I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe a little prayer. Maybe if we Ooh, could just maybe it. get uh, Trump's hey, hey, spiritual hi, advisor hi. in here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: I love it. Have you heard this yet? Oh, I love Does going that... on the radio with you. I don't know anybody else who would throw Eminem into a polling confusion uh, live hit. This is hilarious. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> you just need to
0: lose yourself. That's just you. Just need oh, to. Oh,
1: love it. Will the real Alan Carter please stand up? <laughs>
0: Camel Karamali, Molly, our global news reporter, always great to have you on. Camel, appreciate that.
1: Thank you, my friend. You know, every time you open
0: up Twitter, you really, you really are taking your own mental health in your own hands. I, I don't know about you, but I just can't stop the doom scroll. That's what I do. I just get the phone and I doom scroll for hours on end, and then every once in a while I put on TikTok and just, and then I learn a new dance move. But that's me. I'm on Twitter, and oh look, the president has tweeted, all caps: "Stop the fraud." This uh, following a tweet earlier this morning, which was "Stop the count." So we got to stop the count. Now we got to stop the fraud. Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> that are that is the sound of Trump supporters calling for the count to be stopped. In Detroit, can we take us to Nevada? Do, can we go to? Can we? I actually this is Arizona. This is Phoenix. Let's go to. Let's go to Phoenix and more Trump supporters. <laughs> this is this is the other way. This is Trump supporters in Arizona saying, "Don't stop the vote. Keep on count. Keep on counting." Uh, and oh, Jackson Prosco has just tweeted this: "The Trump Pence." Uh, campaign has just put this out. They're complaining that a certain broadcaster declared uh, Arizona for Joe Biden. (laughs) A Clinton voting, Biden donating Democrat runs the Fox News decision desk, according to the Trump-Pitts campaign. So now Trump is turning on Fox. Oh my goodness. Let's get to Farah Nasser. My co anchor who is in Washington DC joins me on the line. Hi Farah.
2: Hey, good afternoon.
0: Well, it just keeps on going. We're just I I really had the feeling that maybe by late last night we might get somewhere in terms of a decision, but we're still not there.
2: No, and uh, another statement, I know you read a couple of them, but uh, President Trump has just said in a statement that if you count the legal vote, this is in all caps, by the way, if you count the legal votes, I easily win the election. If you count the illegal and late votes, they can steal the election from us. Exclamation mark. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to hear these people, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but to say stop the, uh, stop counting, I mean, counting is the whole point of democracy, right? Voting and counting those votes so that's what's happening uh, obviously around the clock and hats off to these poll workers who in a pandemic are doing god's work
0: i, I know and it's just been fascinating to watch the live video of counting just you know just i'm just gonna sit here and watch some people count some votes it's <laughs> it's, it's been crazy watch, yeah. uh and it, <laughs> the, the, the where <laughs> i have my eye right now is I, I nevada and arizona yes but it is georgia where the, the lead that Trump has is so narrow and continues to narrow as we get more votes coming in. And we're expecting more votes from the Atlanta area. And the thinking is that those will skew towards Biden. And if Trump loses Georgia, it is game over.
2: Yeah, I mean, his path is through Georgia. He hasn't—he still has a narrow, very, very narrow path, but it has to go through Arizona and through Georgia. But see, you're right—if—if if, if Joe Biden gets Georgia, I mean, this is, this is really his path to to the uh, presidency. Trump is ahead right now by 14,000 votes or 65,000 votes. This is at my last check, so it could have changed a few minutes ago. But um, 65,000 votes to to count, and the thought is those are mail-in ballots. Those are in areas that are Democrat stro- Democratic strongholds. So we'll see how it goes.
0: And it, it seems that so far the legal challenges, none of the legal challenges, have has been a lot of noise about, you know, stop the count or keep counting, whichever one you want, depending on mm-hmm. if you're leading or if you're behind. But n- none of those efforts have actually, from my reading, actually stopped any counting.
2: No, and, you know, I, I mean, I listen to, to legal experts um, talk about that. I don't know if you, can you hear, there's somebody on a loudspeaker right in front of the Capitol uh, that's shouting. That's where are shouting. you right it's now? Just, I'm, I'm right in front of the Capitol, and there's somebody on a loudspeaker just, like, shouting. And I feel like this is not just the scene right here where I am. It's all over America in different places where people are trying to get um, their voices heard. You know, like, this is, this, this is now what? We still don't have a result. People are anxious for a result, and people are polarized on both sides, as we talked about. You know, the, the whole stop the vote, the idea of people who are saying count every vote. Um, and especially in places with these razor thin margins so no no challenge according to legal experts right now has enough weight to carry through the one legal challenge that people are looking at is the pennsylvania one and that question is can postmark ballots be counted but they've already tried tried to intervene with the supreme court twice on this issue it hasn't worked um pennsylvania officials are segregating ballots just in case they have to go to the supreme court for this but you know again this is this is the point of a democracy they have to count the votes
0: The thing is, is is if Biden can make it to 270 without Pennsylvania, then it becomes a lot tougher for this legal challenge for Trump, because now you're fighting, you're fighting a legal challenge in more than one state. So you're, you know, you're fighting that challenge in Pennsylvania to try and make sure that those mail-in ballots don't come in and overtake your lead. And meanwhile, you know, in places like Arizona or Nevada, you're trying to stop the count or change the count to be able to make sure that you can hold on. It's tough to do that in more than one state all at the same time.
2: Yeah, but like you think about uh, you know Pennsylvania like the, the Biden officials they there or the Biden team they're really uh, they're really positive about what the outcome is. I mean, Philadelphia County is the place that everyone <laughs> is looking at right now, right? Where Biden's le- leading by 80%, Trump has under 20%. Um, Trump is ahead in the state by 115,000 votes, but um, Yeah, I mean, look, Pennsylvania has always, we knew this, we knew the path to the the presidency was going to go through Pennsylvania. And it is, it is, it really, you know, the the map of America is really red and blue and and Pennsylvania is as well. It's really the big urban centers that went blue, the rural areas, the rural voters that we spent a lot of time talking to um, still really favor Trump. And this is really the the question. I mean, even if Biden gets elected, Trumpism still exists in the United States.
0: That's such a takeaway uh, for me. And I was talking to Camille Karamali uh, earlier in the program. We were talking about his story about polling and whether or not the polls had gotten it so, so wrong. And we talked about bubbles that we kind of live in, narrative bubbles. I think in this side of the border, we get news filtered a certain way. And I think for a lot of Canadians, there is some surprise at the strength of the Trump vote
2: yeah, and the underestimation of it in a way, right? Like, I mean, I think there's there's people who are really see this as a personal finance pocketbook issue, and they really believe that the Trump is better for them. And you know, while there, we had conversations with people who were like, "Yeah, he's he's a he's done a lot of bad things. He has, um, <clears throat> you know, had not handled COVID well. He has not he's done a lot of things that are, that are wrong." But at the end of the day, this is an uncertain time, and I want to make sure my money is safe, and I want to make sure that I'm not paying a ridiculous amount of taxes. Like this is the thought of some people, right? So sometimes it's not even about these these big issues like race and and even COVID nineteen to an extent for some people where they're just they're just seeing. Their own lives and their own kind of little bubble, and and uh, you know we don't the, the Trump voter voter is not the caricature of a Trump voter. That's what we found in the states. It's really anybody, neighbors, it's people here who you know have have had friends for years, and then all of a sudden you know these friendships dwindle because of politics.
0: Yeah, we, we also talked with Cara, uh with Camille about the shy Trump voter and. How much mm-hmm. of a, a factor that is, people who just say, you know what, I'm just going to get raked over the coals for, you know, standing up and saying I support Trump. And we've seen that happen with, you know, celebrities and, you know, sports figures who came out in the last week and said they supported Trump. So it, it makes sense why people would not tell pollsters that they're Trump supporters.
2: Mm-hmm. But again, it, it points to this, this divide, right? Like it really points to the fact that they can't even. They can't even, some of these people can't even tell their neighbors about their own beliefs, right? It's just these two sides. They're living in, in two alternate re- realities. When you look at, um, when you look at even the media, the way the media is here, the cable news networks, which I've been consuming more than I think I ever have, um, in the past week, cause we're just so attached to that. And I watch both and it's just, <coughs> excuse me, it just adds to it. It just adds to this, this real, real divide between these, these two groups who, who only believe the facts of these, these different networks and then regurgitate them to you. And it's just, it's, it's fascinating to see that.
0: You know who, um, who Paula White is, the spiritual advisor to Trump? Have you seen the, mm-hmm. the prayer video? From her words. I have it. I have it. Can we? I just want to see if we can. I want to actually play the actual part of the prayer video
2: first. Strike and 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 strike until you have victory for every enemy that is aligned against you. Let there be that we would strike the ground for you will give us victory, God.
0: I hear a sound of This is part of the prayer service that Paula White put out, and right now lighting up the interwebs. It's gone viral is this remix
2: <laughs>
1: So see Farah, you can Here's you know shady, it's, it's
0: you know it's a stressful time but you know you can mm-hmm. still you can still find a funky beat to it <laughs>
2: Yeah, certainly, certainly. There was a a, a song about Amy Coney Barrett and, and there was some preaching about her that I saw when I passed by the National Mall and a lot of singing and a lot of You know, religion is really, really baked in here in terms of even this fight and even the divide.
0: Farah, always great to talk to you. We'll see you tonight on the news and global news at 530 simulcast on this radio station beginning at 6 p.m. That's the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch The Alan Carter Show weekdays starting at noon.